0: VR training platforms, like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International, are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
1: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast
1: is a Dear Media production.
0: Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life, or starting a successful business, or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So let's get right into it. Hello friends and welcome back to another episode of the Dream Bigger podcast. I am so stoked to bring you today's episode because it is with Tegan who is otherwise known as Half-Baked Harvest. Now I always think it's so fun to have podcast guests on whose journey I've been following for a long time. So if you're not familiar with her, Tegan is the founder of Half Baked Harvest, which is essentially this incredible blog that she started a long, long time ago. I would say she's like one of the OGs. And it is all about really, really good recipes. She's also an author of some incredible cookbooks, a creator, and just a general expert in the field of cooking. Now, what's funny about Tegan and this interview with her is the fact that I actually have been a reader of Half-Baked Harvest since her very OG blogging days. So As soon as I graduated from college, I started using her recipes whenever I'd have friends over. I've always loved to host. And so there are so many recipes on that website, which I have used. And that's kind of been something that I've had in my back pocket. A lot of my close friends in college have also been put on her stuff because of me. So genuinely love her content. And I'm so excited to talk to her. She is warm. She's down to earth. She's very cool. And we can learn a lot about the art of content creation and how Tegan has built such a sustainable brand over really a very, very long period of time. So I'm really, really excited to bring you this conversation. And if you are at all interested in content creation or building a brand, this is definitely a conversation that you should listen to. Before we dive in, I want to bring you this week's review, which comes to us from H. Boosh. And it says 100 out of 10 recommend. That's really sweet. I can't say enough good things about this show. It is my go-to podcast for my hot girl walks in the morning. And I feel like I always come back with new valuable information that is inspiring, but also being realistic and attainable. Thank you, Sif. Thank you, H. Boosh, for leaving this really sweet review. I'm so happy that the show brings you value and that you listen to it while on your hot girl walk. That really does make my day. Guys, if you have a couple of minutes and want to support the show, please, please take the time to leave it a rating and a review. All you have to do is open up the Apple podcast app, scroll down to the part where it says leave a rating and a review. And in the rating section, if you feel like I've earned it, please leave me a five star rating. And in the review section, let me know what you want to see more of favorite guests, guest requests, like literally any feedback you can give me is so, so helpful for me because my goal is, of course, to show up as a better host with every episode. And I get to do that anytime you leave me feedback. So I really appreciate it. And with that, let's welcome Tegan to the Dream Bigger podcast. So we're just going to dive right into it. I'm super excited, but I want to start by understanding how you even got into cooking. Were you always into it? So
1: I got into cooking because I am from a big family, right? I'm one of eight kids. Eight? Eight kids. Yes, my mom's insane. Holy My parents... Shit. (laughs) My parents have been together since they were... I mean, my mom was in high school. My dad was in high school. They're high school sweethearts? Yeah.
0: Oh my God, that's so (laughs) cute.
1: I know, I know. They're like the one in the million couple, you know, for sure. And I grew up with five brothers mainly. And then my little sister was born when I was like 15. So we're like almost 14 years apart. I was either 14 or 15. Wow. And then they actually adopted two years ago. Oh, I love that. We have a two-year-old and then a fourteen-year-old, and the rest of us are like twenty-two. I want to say to thirty-four. I'm not sure. Yeah. So one of one of eight. Wow.
0: Okay. Yeah. So Yeah. And
1: I grew up with five brothers, so like I was the only girl for a while. Mm-hmm. So you know, it was like a chaos-filled house, and my dad worked. You know, we were living in Ohio at the time mm-hmm. so my dad worked nine to five the usual typical like nine to five job and then he would go to the gym after that mm-hmm. and my mom was a stay-at-home mom but she just was never a cook and she was always very busy like she always is working doing something and she also had five kids six kids to take care of at yeah the time. I
0: bet you that would keep her busy
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> she was the baker mm-hmm. and she would just like have baked goods always but like never dinner so we would eat dinner pretty late and we would have like the same things over and over. Chicken and rice, a lot of tacos, mm-hmm. more chicken and rice. So about, I don't know, when I was in middle school, like sixth grade, seventh mm-hmm. grade, I kind of just, just started cooking. Like out of nowhere, just kind of like started cooking. That
0: early? Because I honestly didn't even start. And like I, I'm someone who loves to cook. So I was actually like your mom. I used to bake. Like I started baking when I was like six years old. Yeah. But I never started cooking until, like, college.
1: Yeah. Well, just because, like, I'm a very, like, creative person. Like, yeah. I can't sit still. Yeah. I just like to be doing something with my hands. Uh-huh. I don't like to—don't ask me to read anything or, like, sit and be, like, in a book. Like, it's yeah. not me. So—or watch TV. Mm-hmm. Like, I was never that kid that was, like, sitting on the couch watching TV either. So I had a lot of school anxiety. And I think when I got home from school— it was, like, such a nice way to, like, not think about school and, like... Like, use, decompress. Yeah, like, decompress and use, like, that creativity that, like, I had uh-huh. and kind of just, like, make these recipes because, like, I was using ingredients that were, you know, only what we had on hand but trying to follow recipes. So really just substituting everything uh-huh. Uh-huh. and seeing what worked and what didn't work and, like, experimenting. And I really had no fear because, like,
0: I'm a kid, like who cares, you know? And so that's really how I learned. And then when you were were cooking at that young age, like would would your family be eating the food that you're making? Like what what would happen?
1: Yeah. I was making dinner every single night by the time I was like in eighth grade for the family. Wow. And so you'd
0: get live feedback, I guess, from your brothers and your parents. Yeah.
1: I loved that. And one of the reasons I say to this day that I love to cook is really because I love to cook for people Uh and I love to make a meal that someone loves. Like I might not even eat it. Right. But like, I love to make something that somebody really loves and it's so easy for me to do. And like, I just like to be able to please people
0: in that way. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. So then what made you go from that to starting your blog? Because it's telling you offline, like this thing has been around for like... 2012. Crazy. Twenty twelve, I was really early. Oh, you were really early. Like you guys. Just so you know, like, I have been. I am shocked. No, no. Like really. I mean, you should ask my husband. Like when I told him I was interviewing you, he's like, "You're interviewing half baked harvest." Like <laughs> this is what oh you're known God. of as in like in our so hu- household. So cute. But we started using Tegan's blog back in 2014 I graduated from college in 2013 and I remember distinctly because like I was in residence all the way through into like end of college and could never I But honestly, like it felt so nice to be in residence where like, you know, we'd like eat, like, you know, eat with my friends and stuff like in a dorm. Right. Yeah. And so when we graduated, I would love to have all my friends over for dinner. And like we'd always make these like pastas from your blog or like I remember looking up like Thanksgiving sides from your blog when like I <laughs> was hosting my huge. first one. Yeah. So it's been around forever. And so you started in 24, t- sorry, 2012. Why? Because <laughs> this was early days. Like, it wasn't this, like, hot thing to do, blogging, you know? It
1: really was. It was early days, which I think was good. hmm So I grew up really loving fashion, really wanting to be in the fashion space, mm-hmm. really wanting to, to be a stylist. My grandma, I spent so much time with my grandma. She loved to shop. She loved clothes. She loved all the designers. hmm And that was kind of our thing. And I would spend my weekends like dressing the mannequin that she had in her closet and really having fun with clothes and putting those things together and kind of just making things beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I love to make things look really pretty. Like I love an aesthetic. I really like things to look just that pretty to my eye personally. So... I said I was going to go to school in fashion, right? Even all throughout high school, like I was still cooking. I never thought I just like, I'm doing this to help my family out. You know, this isn't like something I could ever do full time, like ever do Mm -hmm. like it's cooking. And I moved to LA. I was going to go to school out here, go to the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. I was accepted, like ready to start all enrolled, got a job here was here for about three or four months and I literally put myself right back home and I was like, no, LA. I was 18. Mm -hmm. I was young. First time I'd been away from home, full on shock for me, I think too. So I was definitely like a little homesick. And then also just like, this school is so expensive. Like, I don't want to start and not be able to finish because it's like, you're out that money, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it was a big decision, but it was actually the best decision I ever made because I went home and I was like, I'm just not the type of person to sit around. Mm-hmm. I went home and I, I, I had an associate's degree. So I graduated high school early. I said, you know, I really didn't like school. I had a lot of school anxiety. So I really tried to like move quickly through it. So I took college courses well in high school. And by the time I graduated high school, I had already had my associate's degree. So I did have two years of college done technically. But I was like, I don't know what I want to do. And I don't want to just start a four-year school mm-hmm. with no, like, idea of, like, a major and, like, what am I doing, you Yeah, know? totally. And waste my time when I don't even like school. Mm-hmm. So my mom was like, you know, my mom's awesome. My parents are very, like, not—don't take the traditional path. Do what makes you happy. Like, very supportive. And she was like, why don't you start a food blog? Because I had been reading some food blogs— to get recipes, ideas, and she was like, you should just start a food blog. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. So we started it together. You and your mom? Yeah. Wait, that is so she cute. She built the site, and to this day is my partner. So she is Aww. very behind the scenes, but uh-huh. she's incredible. She, I, I always say she makes money, <laughs> not, not me. So she's incredible. But yeah, so she built the site. I wrote the content. I did the content, all the content. And it's really kind of stayed that model Mm -hmm. to this day. So it's really my mom and I hardcore. We do have a small team now. Uh But yeah, I started and never looked back. And literally, like I said to myself, I'm just going to go for this and I'm going to post five or six days a week consistently because I had read probably somewhere like this is what you have to do to have a blog, right? You you do it five days a week, sometimes six. And so I did that and I literally
0: still do that to this day. Summer is officially here and we all know that the right shoes are absolutely crucial for any warm weather wardrobe. And you know what? Feeling comfortable and looking good is an absolute non-negotiable for me. So you guys know that I was just in Italy and while we were in Rome specifically, we were walking 20 to 30,000 steps. And so I had a really great opportunity to test out these shoes from Vionic. So the sandals that I picked are the Anaya sandals. They are brown. They're really, really cute. And let me tell you, these sandals are the most comfortable shoes I have ever worn, OK? They mold to your feet. And I it went with all of my clothes. And yet I felt so comfortable, like more comfortable than sneakers even. So Vionic has an exclusive VioMotion technology, and that is what sets them apart. They began by revolutionizing medical orthotics, and today they continue to use that science to engineer shoes that leave you feeling energized and confident all day long. Because you know what? Even though we want to look cute, I think that the comfort is absolutely key. So the Bionic offers a 30-day risk-free trial. You can wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days if you're not satisfied for any reason. Guys, this is like actually the most risk-free offer that exists. I mean, how cool that you can try on the shoes for yourself. And if you don't like them, you can send them back. So I just think that it's such a cool thing that they're doing. You can use code DREAMBIGGER at checkout for free shipping at www.fionicshoes.com That's www.fionicshoes.com You and your feet can thank me later. Anyone who knows me will know that I am a major Sephora stan. And the reason is because it is, of course, the one-stop destination for all things beauty. But what I really love about it is how easy it is for me to find clean beauty products. So... You know, over time, I have switched a lot of my makeup products to clean beauty products because there's just so much to choose from and so many brands that give you the quality that you want with the efficacy when it comes to color and all of that. Sephora in particular makes it so easy for me to find these incredible brands because it has a whole clean beauty section on both their website and in stores. So not only am I able to go and, you know, continuously go back to the clean beauty products that I know and love, but it's also a great way for me to explore new brands, new products from brands that I love. So I am just a big fan and I just, I really like that. Sephora has has placed this emphasis on clean beauty as well. So my go-to product for the summer and let me tell you I feel like all of you guys need this is the say beauty glow sculpt in the shade mauve glow. So obviously it's summer. I don't want heavy foundation on my face. I don't want to wear a ton of makeup but this product from say beauty it is a blush and highlighter all in one and it gives you the most beautiful dewy glow to pare down your makeup routine and of course as you know, Say Beauty is a clean beauty product which is available at Sephora. So, if you are wanting to learn more about all things clean beauty, all you have to do is visit Sephora.com/clean. So, to learn more, visit Sephora.com/clean. There's so many incredible products there which you probably have never even heard of, and new brands to explore. And honestly, I spend my time there just browsing around because there's so many good things there. So I hope that you can explore and find some clean beauty faves for yourself as well. Welcome, Welcome to Barely, Barely Filtered. Filtered, hosted by us. us. I'm Aurora Colpo, star of the HBO Max show, The Colpo Sisters. Don't tell my sisters I said so. I'm a recently divorced mom of two living in Los Angeles mm, with my ex-husband. I'm part granola mom, part glamorous jet setter. I'm Kristen Gaffney, also a mom, a startup nerd who modeled for Sports Illustrated Swimsuit and the founder and CEO of Super True. I always like to microdose my coffee before I hit up carpool. Welcome to Barely Filtered,
1: our safe space.
0: Here, we discuss health and wellness, becoming a grown-ass woman, and what's going on in this crazy world. And while we don't agree on everything, we do agree on this. We We want want you to to live live your best life. So back when you started your blog, it was still like such early days of like, Internet creators, like, did you even know that you could monetize it and make a career out of it? Or was it something that you were doing while you were figuring everything else out?
1: It wasn't something that, like, I went into it thinking. I knew that I probably knew that some people were making some money or something like that, but it wasn't, no, it wasn't super common. And no, I had no idea, like, this is what's going to make me money in life, right? Uh And that I'm going to do this for the next 11, Plus years. And I had no idea. I was just going, like, because I really didn't have anything to lose, mm-hmm. you know, and which is really nice. I was in a good spot to be able to do something like that. I was young, I was living at home. So, you know, I didn't have to worry about fees of college or fees of, you know, living in my own apartment or whatever. And I'm very lucky in that sense. But also, I do think you build your own luck. And I, worked my ass off for I mean, all you, of those years You and still do. You so. still
0: do. Like you are one of the most consistent creators I have ever seen. Like you do it with the same rigor that you did all those years ago. Like anytime I go to your blog, like lo and behold, there's like at least 20 new recipes that are like brand new.
1: Yeah, I think it's really important. There's so much content out there in the world and to show up for your people every single day is really important. I'm not saying you need to do it every single day and keep that pace by any means, but to show up consistently is very, very important. And to show up with quality content, like don't just put content out to put content out, put quality content out because nobody's going to stick around for content that doesn't, they don't care for.
0: So talk to me about this consistency piece then, right? Because I think that there is this like almost, idea like people people have this like instant gratification that they constantly want right and fact of the matter is that someone like yourself who has you know cultivated this incredible community and like you really are known as like an industry leader you've worked your ass off for this and it certainly did not happen overnight so talk to me about consistency like when did you start to see some traction
1: yeah I think a lot of people feel like it did happen overnight because mm-hmm. they just look at the numbers and they see oh overnight of course you yeah. know? like totally not the case Mm -hmm. and I'm still like to this day like always kind of like working and doing it so consistency I think is really big and also building the trust with your audience is huge and like we uh, started to see traction early on within the first year Mm -hmm. on the website because I made an effort I for some reason like early on I just like connected with the audience, connected with the community, really built that connection, always responded to their comments, always like made them feel heard. And at the time, it wasn't that many people. So like I could do that much easier than I can do it now. But yeah, I mean, and so like I always put quality content first. I always put the community first and the things that they need and always keeping them in mind of like, well, what's going to be beneficial to them And then always making an effort to make my content look really great. Because we, as humans, I think really do things with our eyes, especially through food. We eat with our eyes. Mm -hmm. And you're just not going to make a recipe if it doesn't look that good or if it doesn't have a photo. I think, I'm sorry, I think cookbooks that don't have photos. Can we just like... It's just like why you
0: want to know what you're making. Yeah, you
1: want to see like oh, like, this is I gonna do be it the right? end cut. Outcome. Exactly,
0: and like did I do it right? right. Like that's I actually want to know that. Like, is it supposed to look like this? Like and if there's it also no picture, can really
1: excite you? Hell yeah, you know. So I make
0: all my recipes by like looking at what the pictures look like. Well, so I'm a visual person, Same. and like
1: that was kind of how I was doing recipes as a kid. Like I was just looking at the photo and being like, oh, well, I see some bell peppers. And, like, some chicken and, like, there's some rice. Like, I probably wasn't looking at the ingredients in full. Yeah. And I love that. I think that's where you get, like, that's when you can become creative and build your own recipes that are super unique to
0: you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. So you were just posting consistently, and this is also like early, early days of Instagram. Like it hadn't popped I wasn't off. even
1: on Instagram. Really? Yeah. So when did my you brothers, get on it? My, I don't know. My brothers were like, you should be on Instagram. And I was like, what's Instagram? And I'm pretty sure that my younger
0: brother, Malachi, probably set up the account. And
1: it's been the same account ever
0: since. So when, I don't know what, like, that's, that's insane. But like, again, you were like, I don't know
1: what year I started. But probably
0: like early. Probably within that first year is my guess. Yeah. So then you got Instagram and you started posting on there and kind of like creating a following there as well.
1: Yeah. And my following didn't really, we always have had steady growth, always Mm -hmm. steady growth, never negative numbers, which is amazing. Yeah. I'm so thankful for that. But we are, I didn't really start seeing big growth until I would say just after my first cookbook came out.
0: S- Wait, sorry. You didn't start to see big growth until your first cookbook started to came out? Come out? Okay. So, I just want to pause yeah. on that because I don't think people realize the fact that you started in 2012 and your first cookbook was released what, 2019, 2018? I don't know, do you? Do uh, you know? I think it was I think it was around then because okay. I actually bought your first cookbook. Okay. And it's amazing so many people actually have that book and I'm like, "Oh my god, you guys, upgrade your books. <laughs> There's two others." <laughs> but that's like I think it probably what like four or five years at least in between like you started like more than that. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. For sure. And I mean, I was just going, we were, it was a different time. Websites were definitely much more popular than they are today. But Instagram was very much becoming a thing. I mean, I remember like, don't you remember when stories just came out? Like that was huge. And those were a game changer. When mm-hmm. there started to be stories, that was a game changer for me. Um, and when I could really share more of my personality and more of myself and more of my family and also more how-tos of recipes, mm-hmm. more behind the scenes. Those were big game changers for me. And, yeah, so I would really start to say, like, we. I didn't really start to see big growth until after that first cookbook came out. And then it wasn't until after the second cookbook came out that I, like, even hit a million on Instagram. And now you're at what, what? Like
0: you're at like six? It five? It's yeah. It's, it's getting up there. It's I mean, th- but that's like, I guess like it was like a a growth curve, kind of like this. Like if anyone's yeah. like you know, it yeah. Was like and once it like I mean, slow and then whoop. Yeah, to a point, and
1: it's like pretty steady right now. I think that it's a very different space now than it was a year ago, two years ago. Yeah. But so you always have to like constantly be changing, constantly keep be keeping up with the times, but. I've never put an emphasis on the number ever, never paid attention to it, never Mm -hmm. paid attention to blog numbers, never paid attention to how much I was like really making, never paid attention to what the following was or how many books sold. And to this day, I really try to live by that model. I mean, of course, you have to pay attention at some point to your numbers and what's doing well for you and, you know, what's moving needles and things like that. Because at the end of the day, this is now a brand and it's now a business and it's now supporting like other people's lives mm-hmm. other than just my own. Yeah. So yeah, but I just don't put a big emphasis on that. And I just see it in myself. Always, always, always continue to work hard, keep your head down and put out quality content. And that will always take you places. Like that is all you can do is just literally like do what you love, put out content that you love And you do have to work hard. Like you do have to put in
0: the hours. My husband and I, my husband is my co-founder. And like the two of us always talk about this, where you can control your output, but you cannot be like like you can't control the result. You know what I mean? So like by focusing on the output, the result comes. But like the thing that... Sometimes it takes time. Exactly. But it comes. Yeah. But like the good thing about focusing on output and like your quality of work and constantly bettering that quality of work is that that is in itself what motivates you versus like constantly being like, oh, like I'm expecting this because it's very disappointing if you don't get that metric that you're looking for. And I
1: realized that very early mm-hmm. on because I like, I used to get disappointed a lot as a kid and mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't like this feeling. Yeah. Like this doesn't make me feel good mm-hmm. and I don't want my own worst critic. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like I'm the, like the hardest on myself. So like I still get disappointed, but like I don't need to open myself up to more disappointment by doing
0: dumb like, things yeah. that are
1: not worthy of time. You know, everything like, Time is everything and there's not a lot of it. So use it, use it well. Yeah. You know,
0: I'm totally with you. So I want to talk about the fact that even all these years later, you still update your blog, which I mean, I know that a lot of creators who started out as bloggers have kind of moved away from you know, posting on their blogs and instead like focusing more so mm-hmm. on social media platforms. Why mm-hmm. have you continued to focus on your blog?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think social media platforms are insane and obviously you should put a big focus in them, of course. Yeah. You know, I wish I would have gotten on TikTok earlier. I didn't, but... You're still you know crushing what? it. It's, it's fine because at the end of the day, I own the website and I control that content and I have a huge email list and I can send things direct to my people and my community and I'm never gonna lose that. We don't know what's happening with TikTok. I think it's very scary for a lot of people right now. And I think that we never know what's happening with Instagram. It's constantly changing, right? People are constantly frustrated by it. They're constantly like, what's going on here? And I think that there's constantly new platforms continuing to pop up. So you just never know. And it's like, I think that you need to be able to adapt and be a lot of places, but also put your focus. Um, what's yours? And that's like your brand and the things that you own. So it's really important to me to keep that website very well up kept because we still get a lot of traffic. You know, we're a recipe website mainly, but I share a lot of content that is more lifestyle, that is actually some of our most popular content that continues to get views because we have an email list that is sent out every single day that you know gets direct clicks and opens. so, you know that that community is seeing the content and you you don't know that with social media. So it's really, really important. And your email list, you guys, your email list is so important.
0: Please talk about this because obviously as like a brand owner, our email list is everything. But I think that you have... Like, right from the get-go, operated, you like, Half-Baked Harvest is a brand, but even though you're a creator, you operated like a brand. You know what I mean?
1: We operated like a brand, but we. I've never, I think that one of the key pieces has also been never making my community feel like it's this big brand, right? Exactly, yeah. Like, I'm trying to, you know, be, like, the next martha stewart in a way like i would love to be reach that level and do mm-hmm. the things that she's done but i always want my community to feel like they can reach me and relate to me and be a part of my life and be a part of my family mm-hmm. and like all of those things so it's really important to me to build that connection and to be real and like relatable because i think that online and i, I get it i love to look at the beautiful things too and stuff like that that like but it's like most of us can't Live a life of a lot of the way that these Instagram creators or TikTok people are living. And I think it's really fun to see and inspiring to see. But at the end of the day, a lot of us have nine to five jobs and live in like much more normal, not very extravagant life, right? Of the things that you can see on Instagram. Not everybody's like this, but I think I've had a nice balance of showing like, I love to show some of those fun things when I get the opportunity to do them. But like at the end of the day, I go home and I'm working and I'm just like everybody else, you know, and I show that too. So I think it's a really, I think it's a nice balance. And I think that's always kind of been my key is like, at the end of the day, I'm I'm really just like the rest of you guys. So like everybody else, you know,
0: do you think that living in a place like Colorado has helped bring you that perspective?
1: I think it's been helpful and hurtful in both, in both ways. Mm-hmm. I think it's been an advantage to the fact that it definitely sets me apart. I'm not like your typical L.A. I don't I'm not like I'm not even somebody not even in L.A. just like I live in a small town, you know, and I'm very close with my family. Like, I don't think that's very typical. Mm-hmm. And I think I was just brought up very differently. And I think I was brought up in an incredible way, which I think we don't value like the family aspect enough. And I do That is one thing I do feel incredibly lucky for is that. I've had such an insanely incredible family my entire life growing up, always felt the support. My parents are just like, you know, they started young, so they didn't know what they were doing. And I I honestly think that is the key to life. Like, I didn't know what I was doing when I started the site. I just did it. And I did it the way that felt right to me and worked for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really how they've parented. They're not perfect parents Mm -hmm. by any means, but I mean, like, they really instilled really good values in all of their kids. And I think that living with like good values is really important. And like valuing your relationships with people and just being a kind kind person is really, really helpful and gets you really, really far. And I also think at the end of the day, always knowing that like, because you see a lot of negativity online, you know, and like when the numbers spike up and like Reddit starts going off, like, Reddit is ridiculous, you guys. I've never been on it in my life, but I am hearing about it because, yeah, there's Reddit things and stuff like that. People have all
0: the time in the world. It's it's actually insane. It's like, actually I, I actually, I, I just think about it and I'm like, what, like, where do you have to be in life to they just like sit it's, behind their computer really, and
1: really like want to take people down? It's, I feel bad. I don't give it any energy yeah, no. because it's like you're letting them win. But, you know, like, so at the end of the day, it's really nice to have your family to go back to. And I always say to myself, well, okay, if my family is like happy with me and like all things are good there and life is good there and like, they know me, we're good, you know? And so like, it doesn't, it's hard, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't stress me, you know?
0: You seem very grounded. So it doesn't surprise me that you've grown up with this, like, you know, I just really think that like, and I get it. Not everybody
1: can have incredible families. Like that is something of, you know, great importance and that not everybody has. Like I totally understand. And I also think that there's other situations that build diversity in you that, you know, it's it's all about how you what you do and how you make your life. I mean, it's really at the end of the day, that's kind of what it comes down to. And yeah, but I think that's been really important for me. I've had a really good, strong family life. And they're always very supportive and that like the end of the day, I have a huge friend group. People always ask me, Do you have a lot of friends? And I'm like, No, I really don't. My family and my cousins, those are my best friends. So I love that. You know, and it's like you always they're not gonna stab you in the back. Yeah. They're not gonna try to like and a lot of people when you do get that following, it's like they just kind of they need things from you Mm -hmm. and your
0: family. It's just your family. Yeah, yeah. They've just been there from the beginning, like, you know. they Yeah, exactly. Talk to me about your process for creating high quality content, because I know we touched on this a little bit and you said that like, you know, people eat with their eyes. Like, you know, it's like, it's always been really important to you to have these like really beautiful imagery. So talk to me about your process. Like, do you have like a studio? Like, when do you, yeah. like, do you batch your content? I would love to know.
1: Yeah. So I do have a studio space. It is actually on the same property as my home, which I is so that. nice. That is a beauty of living in somewhere like Colorado where you can have land. So that's very nice because at the end of the day, you can go home and shut the door. Even though I'm still working. Yeah. And I'm not like trying to like, I think it's good to take breaks. And I think like, I'm not trying to like push push this like hustle culture and all those things, like take care of yourself. But like, yeah, I mean, you do have to work hard, you know? So I (laughs) am so disorganized with my content, you guys. Are you, you could never tell.
0: You're so on it.
1: (laughs) I, so I like to feel excited about what I'm doing. If I'm not excited about what I'm doing, It never—I won't even share it. It, You don't see the light of day. There's so many things on my phone, on my computer, that have never seen the eyes of anybody that people could probably be like, why have you not shared this? Mm -hmm. Because I don't feel like it's good content. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like it adds value in some way or whatever. So—or it's my highest quality work. So I go into the studio every single day never knowing what I'm making. Mm -hmm. Never knowing, like, what the day is going to hold. I mean— I have like days where I'm like, okay, I'm cooking today. So this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And I have days for calls and meetings and things like that. So I I do batch content. I wish I was more like ahead of content when I travel. I work really hard to like be ahead in content. So I have content to always be sharing Mm -hmm. recipe wise. So that's really when I am bulking content. But when I'm actually in Colorado, a lot of the things that you're seeing, I'm really just creating a day or two before. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes I have content there. Other times it's like, no, I, I'm not. I haven't been feeling as inspired and it's been more of a struggle, so I have to go in to the kitchen every single day, just kind of to go in and like, okay, what's exciting me today? What's the weather doing? what's what's pretty at the at the grocery store? My items are limited. So, you know it's it's whole foods and and they have limited
0: stock. Trust me, you guys. I'm lucky. But see, that's what makes you more relatable, right? Because you're not using these like hard to find ingredients. Like I can't. Yeah, I just can't. Like, and again, I'm going to bring this back to like when I was younger, right? Like I was out of college and I remember every single ingredient that you listed, I could just find at like my cheap fucking like grocery store downstairs on my in my building. You know right. what I mean? Right. So it makes it more relatable, I feel. I
1: want to have always wanted it to be accessible to people because I'm like, why am I doing this if nobody's making these recipes? Yeah, hundred
0: like, percent. What is
1: the point? Yeah. So I really stuck with that motto and uh-huh. really tried to give the people what they needed and what they want. Mm-hmm. And you know, as I started to realize more and more that people are busy and they're t- and like they're they don't have a lot of time to cook, but they want to cook. Like I have to, I have to make these recipes simpler. And how can I do that, but still not lose flavor? Flavor's big. That's why I use a lot of spices and herbs and things like that, because I think you can add so much flavor from your pantry by using a dried spice or a dried herb. And what I love too is like, you'll love this because you know, like there's a lot of ingredients in your pantry that are really good for you. And it's like, people just don't know how to use them. Absolutely. So I love to be able to that. I love to be able to be that source for them. That's like, use this. It's actually really good. Mm -hmm. And it actually like is also really good for you. hundred percent. And like, I don't cook I'm not, I'm not a health cook or whatever, but like, I do like, I do believe that like we, we eat very healthy foods. Like I only use mainly produce. I only use organic meats. I only use spices that are, you know, well, I mean, spices are, I think spices are great. Use spices them. are awesome. Are you kidding me? They're incredible Cayenne, for Cayenne, turmeric, ginger, like so all of you. those things are just insane and they add so much flavor and I, and chili flakes, like. I use so much of that stuff. Like people know, people who know my recipes know I pretty much always have a, have a seasoning or a sauce in every single recipe and it might look like a lot of ingredients, but it's so easy to put together at the end because you're just pulling from your
0: spice cabinet, right? It's kind of crazy and I have to show you what I have open for dinner right now because it's it's from your recipe it's a tzatziki chicken
1: oh my god those are
0: the so I love those bowls I know exactly and that's what I want to highlight like Like, the chicken is like all made on a sheet pan it's so easy this is the thing and like I don't have this open because I was interviewing you it's because I was planning out my meal for tonight we're like leaving tomorrow to go to Cabo and I was like I just need something quick and easy to make for dinner and like I can attest to this because listen like we like flavor in our household okay like I don't want some like bland shit okay I'm not gonna eat it I'm not gonna enjoy it and I need something to be really quick because I'm busy. Okay. Right. Honestly, like your recipes, like I have to say, like I'm having you on here for a reason because I really like your stuff is awesome.
1: Yeah. it's. I think it's like, if you know me, you know, sometimes like people get intimidated mm-hmm. by looking at them and I'm like, I know it's a bummer, but like you got to look past that. Cause like, I promise it's not
0: going to be hard. No, it's super, super easy. And
1: it's like, you also have to be open to using spices and trying some flavorful things. Cause it's like, I don't know. I'm just not like a bland. Not a bland girly. I love. I, I do love spice. So like you can, but like that's a great thing. Like you can tame these yeah. recipes. Yeah, you know?
0: absolutely. So to talk to me about like you make this, these recipes. Who is, are you eating them right after? Like this is what I'm really fascinated by. <laughs> so
1: my family's, I mean, we're, we're the recipes all get eaten. So lucky. And a lot of, well, they are and they aren't because they're getting leftover food, you guys. <laughs> it is so not glamorous. They're <laughs> reheating dishes that have been reheated a few times and it doesn't look as pretty as the photo ever looks, ever. But yeah, I mean, it still tastes good. It's edible, right? But yeah, we eat all of the recipes and anything that we don't eat, we always give to my dad takes it down to the gym or the local church. So we always try to like give it away. But there's a lot of people in and out of my life through family
0: and friends. And there's just, it, it pretty much always gets eaten. I love that. Talk to me about creating a cookbook because I assume it is really no easy feat. And, you know, you have three now. So What was even the process of starting your first, like releasing your first cookbook? Did you always know that you wanted to release a cookbook? Like what, what happened there? Yeah.
1: Actually, I always said that I don't care to make a cookbook. Like, what is the point? I'm sharing these recipes online. Like people are reading them online. Yeah. Why would I make a book? Mm -hmm. Like stupid. So I didn't care for it. And that's, I think, also why... I didn't have a book until really four or five years in. Mm -hmm. And because, like, I had 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 editors reach out, you know, like, it wasn't something that, like, I wasn't familiar with. Mm -hmm. I also just never read cookbooks. I just, um, you know, I'm from the digital age, the digital era. So, like, I just did everything online. Yeah. At one point, one editor, Amanda Englander, still with her to this day, got through to me, and she vetted me out, and I... (laughs) like we've been we've done all three books together so I don't know like she just said she just must have had something good to say and then also when I well actually that's not true I mean that is true Mm -hmm. but I I did get a literary agent because I was like okay when all of these people started reaching out I was like well let's consider this Mm -hmm. and I did get a literary agent that helped us kind of like put the deal together Mm -hmm. with the publishing house Mm -hmm. but yeah and that was kind of you know that was it. They helped. It was pretty seamless. It wasn't like, it was some quick emails and got a literary agent, got got the deal sent out and then did the deal for the book.
0: Incredible. And then
1: the first book didn't like, I mean, it wasn't a New York Times bestseller list then or it wasn't on the New York Times bestseller list then, but it did okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe I didn't do any kind of like major press for it or mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. Like it just wasn't what it was then. Like I just didn't have that stature, you know. And then it really was until after Super Simple came out, the second book, that things started to pick up. And I was able to do a little bit more press and things like that. And that's really when things started to really pick up for me. Incredible. Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah. I mean, your cookbooks are incredible. And like, also as someone who also lives in the digital age, the nice thing about cookbooks, it's it's really funny because my husband never understands why I love cookbooks so much. But like, that's actually like, I I love cookbooks cooking using a book, there's just something to it. It reminds me of when I was younger.
1: For sure. And also like, it's a little annoying to be like touching your screen Mm -hmm. and touching your computer or your phone when you're cooking a recipe. Like cooking isn't like a clean thing. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't necessarily mix well with your electronics. Absolutely. So I think it's really nice to have something in front of you that you can read and mark up if you want to get messy if you like I'm always say like a messy cookbook is a well-loved cookbook because you know it's been used a hundred percent And it's like I don't stress about like messing up the way a cookbook looks but like my phone I'm like okay I don't want to get it wet I don't want to get the oh my
0: laptop always like if I'm if I'm using recipes online it like gets sticky Sticky. because you know like I'm using the mouse pad but I'm like doing shit you know trust
1: me I know because I shoot I shoot all my own photos and I shoot tethered, which means they go direct from my camera to my computer. So I'm constantly, it's a whole situation. I get it. It's not good.
0: (laughs) Okay. So before we wrap, I want to do a listener question. They asked, is it too late to become a creator now?
1: No, I don't understand that. Thank you. Because, and I know people will say that, but it's just kind of like, no, you might have to work hard, but like at the end of the day, everybody has to work hard at it. You just kind of have to find what makes you stick in the space and what makes you special. And like I said, just work at it, quality content, be consistent as possible. Also make connections, connect with people. You know, I always made an effort to really try to put myself out there, connect with other creators, connect with people in the industry, have conversations, like really get your name out there. And work at it. Be your own best publicist, you know, and be your own best advocate. So and let your work show for you. So put out quality content is really key. And but yeah,
0: you can totally do it. And there's room for everybody because everybody has something unique to offer. It's so interesting when people say the space is too saturated because I'm like. I mean, it
1: is saturated. But, but it's like, not
0: too saturated. No. It's like saying that Hollywood is too saturated. There's like a new actor or actress that comes up every fucking See, day. that is the thing. You just
1: never know what's next and you never know who's going to excite someone. Yeah. So you just never know. I,
0: I, I'm i totally with you. Never too late. So you heard her. Good quality content and consistency. Yeah. I mean, you just
1: got to put a little work into it, a little effort. It might take a lot of time.
0: Like stick with it, you know? Stick with it. Exactly. This has been a joy. Tell everyone where uh, they can find you. Thank
1: you guys so much. Um, I mean, pretty much I'm happy to harvest across the board. So Instagram, the website. TikTok. TikTok, Twitter, all the things. They're there. Amazing. Thank you for being here.
0: Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Sif Hider. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people. Learn and unlearn and have a lot of fun. See you next week.